Welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs in partnership with local churches across the UK. We aim to grow hope for children through the provision of free therapy clinics, hope for families through groups for parents, carers and siblings to connect and talk about their experiences, and hope in Jesus through the opportunity to pray and be supported to access church if this is something families would like to do. This podcast is a series of conversations with individuals who have experience of additional needs and disability. Whether you share their experience or are here to learn, welcome to the conversation. Hello, welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. My name's Naomi, I'm a children's occupational therapist and the founder and CEO of Growing Hope. And I'm joined today by our co-host for this season, Mark Arnold. Mark, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, Naomi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm Mark Arnold, the Additional Needs Ministry Director at Urban Saints, co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance, and I write as the Additional Needs Blogfather. Amazing. And today's topic is all about disability and public leadership and um, yeah, kind of what that means in the context of being being carers of, of children and young people who have additional needs. Mark, is there anything that particularly stands out to you about today's topic? Well, wow, what a brilliant topic uh, we've got for our podcast today, Naomi, and it's one that's so important to share, that juggling act that, that many people have of trying to juggle you know, leadership responsibilities, their, their work and, and other responsibilities uh, with um, uh, looking after and caring for a disabled uh, family member. And you know, absolutely, that resonates with me as dad to a disabled boy myself. So I'm, I'm super excited about this session today. And really, really looking forward to what our guests are going to share with us. And I know that our audience is going to find this podcast super helpful as well. So uh, it's going to be great. How about you, Naomi? Mm, yeah, completely. I absolutely love the wisdom that our guests who we have today bring. And I think, I mean, i not a parent myself, but have been a carer and have done leadership things um, whilst caring for a young person with mm. additional needs. And there are definitely lots of challenges in, in the kind of balancing act of that and in the way that we prioritize and the way that we do the day to day when when we're having to balance lots of different needs. And I'm sure actually whether, you know, there are people listening who have leadership experience or roles or not, actually the, that kind of juggling thing um, happens for all of us mm. across our lives. So hopefully it will be helpful for everyone. So today we are joined by Paul and Becky Harcourt. They lead All Saints Woodford Wells Church. Paul is the national leader for New Wine and Becky is part of the national leadership team. And I will let them introduce themselves a bit further. So Paul and Becky, could you tell us a bit about yourselves and what disability and public leadership means to you? Well, thanks, Naomi. Thanks, Mark. Um, it's great to be with you. So we're Paul and Becky uh, we've been here in Woodford in North East London for a long time now. I think we came in 1995. Mm. And um, a couple of years after that, our son Joshua was born. Uh, he's now 22. And then a couple of years after that, um, our daughter Rachel was born. Joshua's profoundly autistic. Um, he has no spoken language and a lot of the habits and hobbies of a, of a toddler, really, like a He's a very he's a very large two or three year old in that way, mm -hmm. and then our daughter Rachel is very high functioning on the um, on the Asperger's end of the spectrum for autism, 
Um, she's just started at university and she's doing really well with the academic side of it, but finds a lot of the social side of life uh, quite challenging. So although neither of us have any um, diagnosed additional needs, uh, we've just got ourselves the normal range of needs. <laughs> yeah. um, we do kind of live with that context. And for us, it's run in parallel, you know, caring for our children and the the demands that come with additional needs. It's been part of our leadership journey really for, from very early on. Mm. Yeah, so that describes our family. And I'd say what um, disability and public leadership means to us is what you, Naomi and Mark, were sort of just chatting about. It is those conflicting responsibilities. It's mm. having the uh, leadership responsibilities and caring for your your congregation and wider, like with New Wine, but then also having those family responsibilities, which are really your first priority. Mm. Um, and they, they are competing. And it's like that for everyone when they have small children but when you're caring for someone that season doesn't pass it stays the same you've got that continual challenge of um joshua needs someone with him all the time Mm. yeah um and and so it's it's been that sort of that uh tug of war (laughs) um so differently for paul and me obviously i've been home more but it's also it's impacted Paul's leadership as well as mine. So I would say I would sum it up as conflicting responsibilities for me. Mm. And that is the juggling act. Yeah. 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 Completely. Thank you. Yeah. I completely see it's the, it, it's that getting that balance, isn't it? Which is, is always the challenge. On the positive note, uh, the conflicting responsibilities are a challenge, a bit of tug of war, but there's a richness to our life, a richness to our understanding that we wouldn't have otherwise. So we're able to understand other people's difficult circumstances in a way we wouldn't otherwise. Mm. And also, um, we've really had to grapple with our own understanding of the things we teach of God and his goodness and his uh, ability and willingness to heal. Mm. So when we teach on those things, then people know we've had to sort them out for ourselves because we're living in a reality where we haven't seen what we wanted, but we're still going for it. Yeah, yes. I think um, it is interesting. It, it, certainly your own experience makes you more empathetic and understanding mm. of other people's experiences, even if they're not exactly the same. And I remember um, many years ago that we were asked to give the uh, the teaching about marriage at New Wine Family Conference in the summer. Mm. And um I don't I think for us it's so much you know our, our context our parenting is so much part of um everyday life that sometimes we forget to mention it mm. and um this was a two-part seminar and we did the first part and there was, there was a woman who came to the second part and she said I nearly didn't come to the second part because when you were talking in that first seminar about marriage I remember thinking it's all right for you. You don't have a child with any additional needs. You know, you don't understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And of course, we actually mentioned that at the beginning of the second seminar, having not mentioned it at all in the first one, mm. at which point she suddenly relaxed and said, oh, well, you do understand. And um, yeah. and I thought that was that was quite interesting, that. Um, and I'm sure that the the context we have, the shape of, of our family and our family life, I'm sure that actually does shape us in all sorts of ways and um as becky said maybe add a richness to to just what we bring in in our leadership 
That, that's yeah. really powerful. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's those stories that really help to uh, sort of bring this topic uh, to, to life for so many people that are listening to folk that are, are listening to this podcast at the moment. And, you know, we know how powerful stories can be. And uh, as you think about that, that juggling act, uh, you know, that juggling act between being leaders, uh, but also being carers and parents of, uh, of children with uh, a disability or additional needs. Yeah. Is there a is there a story that uh, that helps to sort of encapsulate that in your own experience that you could share with us? Well, I can remember um, when we were at New Wine, so it's a summer conference again, which um it's wonderful that there was the special the special need that our place so we could bring joshua and be part of it even though we were on leadership for the week which mm -hmm. is quite demanding but um this one year paul was speaking in the evening celebration in the in one of the big venues and i was in the front row as part of the leadership team and we'd been through the worship been through all of that and just as paul got up to speak and was in his first five minutes in comes the carer from our place uh, all the way down the aisle all the way to the me right in the middle of the front row and said can you come out now uh we need your help yeah. <laughs> I said, oh i can't believe it this is just yeah. so interesting yeah so i've got to leave now paul's gonna see me get up and wonder uh-oh what's happened while he's preaching to a few thousand people yeah mm. and um and i've got been called out of something i really want to be part of yeah. Um, yeah. and, and that could happen anytime, but it just, it just felt that that just sort of encapsulated it for me. So I <laughs> had to leave then missed out on what was happening in the meeting. I can't even remember what had happened with Joshua there. You know, there was so many, one year he escaped and they couldn't find him. I don't think it was that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he threw himself in a puddle, something like that. Yeah. He I may remember, have been drenched or something. Yeah, I think it happened two years running and I think it was you one year, Naomi. So you might remember it as well, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but we've got loads of stories like that. And. Just even in our own local church as well. Um, That's not so bad because we just live next door. But <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, I remember when Joshua was a bit younger that he. This is before really in the, maybe the additional needs ministry of our own church had developed much, and so we'd have somebody who would be with him in the service, and on a fairly regular basis, he he would slip their grip uh, and run to the front and stand up. Yeah. Um, right at the top end of the chancel, <laughs> looking down on the whole congregation during the worship. So we were we were constantly chasing after him. And I do remember at some point the proposal that we could do an advertising campaign along the lines of bring your children to church. They couldn't possibly be worse behaved than the vicar's son. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, but it humanizes us, though. And I think yeah. people have people have loved that about it. They, they love seeing Joshua around. And they love um, the fact that he's still um yeah he's part of the church he's less visible than he was mm. now mm. that he can make his own choices about where he wants to go <laughs> but you know the fact that he was part of the family and included in that way i think was really special yeah and of course yeah. people in a similar circumstance it gave them permission to come to church mm. yeah. uh, because oh you understand you yeah know, and, and that probably helped us as a church start shaping our provision that's mm. so powerful isn't it um 
I was going to say, it's uh, you know just wonderful to hear how you're saying about how that gives permission uh, to other families. Uh, you know, when they see um, you know the the juggling act that that that, that you're doing, uh, and they recognise that uh, as the same juggling that they need to do. But actually, you know, you doing it means they can do it and and not feel judged and not feel guilty about it. They've got a freedom to you know for their family to be able to engage and be a part of of church because you know they've seen that being modeled and and that's really really important isn't it completely and i think i mean that's one of the things we really care about at growing hope i think one of the things the stories i love that come out of what we see is where families come to us in clinic and they realize that actually you know there is support for them to come along to church with their child who has additional needs and no one's gonna judge them or um worry about what the behavior what behaviors their child might come with on that particular day and Mm. we're Mm. we're really you know that's part of our model is that we're there um to support families who want to come along to church Mm. if they want to and Mm. Um, Mm. So reflecting on your journey, Paul and Becky, is there something that you guys um, have particularly learned that's particularly jumped out to you? Or is there something that you would you would do uh, differently? Sorry, looking back at at all of those years or or what is it that you're kind of taking forwards as you continue on that journey? Well, one thing I uh, would have done differently myself is to accept help sooner is what I would say. Mm. Um, We had a friend particularly who was offering to look after Joshua more uh, so that we could go away and do things together, ministry together, or even just have a break mm. for yeah. a night. And she offered probably for two or three years. And I'd say, oh, that's really kind. That's really kind. Mm. Um, but I never took her seriously. Mm. Um, but she really meant it. Um, and she had a brother herself when she was growing up who was autistic um, and he still is so she understood and it really was mm. her heart to help us mm. um, but as a mother I just felt I can't it just felt wrong mm. um, and so I wish I'd have said yes sooner we finally yeah. did and then once we did there was no going back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she became like part of the family mm, yeah. and uh, we book her in regularly um, but the Lord really has provided her and I wish I'd said yes sooner and not just felt no, I can't accept this help. Sometimes I think it's harder to receive help than to give it, mm. especially when you're used to being in that position of giving help to other people. Yeah. Um, but but God does provide. Sometimes we're desperate for help and we can't see where it's coming from, but sometimes help is right there and we don't take it when we should. So yeah. that's one thing I would I, say for me. And obviously that wasn't the first time anybody had offered help, was um, that we had had people offer help before who then perhaps hadn't been able to cope or we realized it, it was, I mean, it was great help for a couple of hours, but we couldn't have gone overnight and left that, you know, yeah. left Joshua mm. with them, but they wouldn't have been able to cope with that. And so I wonder maybe it, it's the right help at the right time, because I know sometimes when we've said we would have accepted help sooner, that's the big lesson we've learned. I know one or two people have come back and said, well, I don't see any help. You know, I'd accept, I'm desperate. I'll accept help if somebody offered. And I think what I would say is, is don't give up hope. Um, just keep mm. keep trying things you know if 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 you do try something and it doesn't work out don't think that that there'll never be something that will work for you as a, as a family and um as becky said you know that uh this friend who's who's 
offered has has really kind of become part of the family in a, in a, mm. a really kind of special way and i think it is it's provision for all of us really and it's probably something that in the church we we should really understand that, no, that god that, actually builds sometimes units that are bigger than just the nuclear family that's really helpful and and i think that um you know as as we sort of explore that support network that that families you know can can build around them uh, and how you know whether that's friends whether that's through church you know different ways that people can connect you know so often as as parents we can feel oh you know we we feel guilty about passing that care responsibility on to to someone else uh and and that, we don't need to carry that guilt do we because uh you know there's folks that are really keen and mm. and uh and equipped to be able to share that journey and to actually help us to refresh and renew and be ready to uh, be caring again yeah, yeah that's right i'd say that at in the beginning when she would help and paul and i would go away and people would know when they'd come up and they say oh isn't she isn't she amazing that she does that for you that's so wonderful mm. and my immediate thoughts out of my mouth would come oh yes i know isn't it great but my thought would be you're right i'm a terrible mother and that is what i took <laughs> from them saying isn't she amazing that she does that for you my immediate thought was i'm a terrible mother mm. so i had to get over that i was hearing hearing that i don't know thinking they were that's what they were thinking or it was my own uh, thinking, but I had to get over that and just see, no, actually they're blessed by what she's yeah. doing for yeah. us. Yeah. Actually, they're blessed to see the family in action. Uh, and she's and, blessed as well, because yeah. I, I think if you were to say to her, you know, wow, it's great of you to do all of that for Paul and Becky, she would actually say, no, it's it's a really it rich part of her life as yeah. well mm. to, um, to share with us. And, and perhaps, you know, having that experience for herself of um, having a brother, um, who she's no longer caring for now. He's now in residential care and she only sees him very occasionally. Mm. But, yeah. you know, she's used to that and she knows the richness of having somebody who is in your life and maybe presents some challenges, but also, um, I mean, Joshua's great fun. You yeah. know, he, he can really make you laugh sometimes <laughs> as well as being, uh, you know, quite demanding in other ways. Um, yeah. So it is part of the of richness for everybody and it's a win-win in lots of ways. Absolutely. No, that's, yeah. that's really totally. good. And and that really sort of brings us, links us neatly into uh, you know our, our next uh, question for you, which is, you know, what uh, would you uh, say to people that are in uh, you know similar kinds of positions where you, you're trying to balance and juggle leadership and caring for uh, for a family member? What would be your your top three bits of advice? You, you might have already given some of that in in the answers that you've just been sharing, but yeah, you know, just just for mm -hmm. other people that are in a, a similar sort of position on a same sort of journey what three top tips would you give to them yeah well maybe we start where we left off so keep looking um, and accept the help that you can find mm. and don't give up uh, you know there there is stuff out there that you can you can find and there are people who will be willing to support you and but you might need to keep looking i think um we've we get we get provision in various aspects of our life sorted out, but it never seems to last very long. We're always, <laughs> we're always coming up to another kind of change, another, mm. you know, but, but we keep being really positive about it and we don't give up and close in on ourselves. So that's probably the first thing. Keep yeah. looking for help and accept it when you find it and don't be afraid to keep trying different things. Mm. Yeah. And I would say um, also don't let it define you. 
Yeah. So yeah. don't let being an additional needs family define you. Obviously, mm. it's part of what you are, um, but you're so much more. And mm. and uh, related to that, don't let it limit you. So yes, mm. you might have additional needs, um, but we don't want it to limit us as a family in the same way we don't want Joshua to be limited because of who he is as a family. It shouldn't limit us. So um, to keep thinking big, dreaming big, there's lots of things we can't do mm. that are difficult, but in God's timing, in God's way, we can find a way to do um, what he's called us to and can have a really enriching life together. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, that's actually been a big thing for us. So, uh, you know, in lots of ways, when I was asked to, to lead New Wine nationally, I knew that that would be a role that would be really stretching Mm. Um, it's, it is national, so it requires sort of bigger responsibilities and sometimes a bit more traveling. Yeah. Um, and the easiest thing to do would say, would be to say, look at our circumstances. Or, well, this isn't going to work. There's no way we can do this, but we, we kind of made the decision years ago to never say no to something God was asking us to do. Mm. Um, and then that meant kind of like trusting him for the provision for that. So I think that's what, when Becky talks about not letting it define you or limit you, that's a really important part of that. But the, the next bit of it really kind of leads into the third bit of advice, which is you've got to find a way to be fulfilled mm. as yeah. well. So we, we talk about keeping your tanks full. Yeah. And that means that we've tried to be um, not falling into the trap of I get to have an exciting life because Becky backs me up and does all the stuff that needs to be done. So we've tried to make sure that that Becky gets to experience and develop her own leadership and um you know there'll be times when i'm covering to to release her to go do stuff as well so mm. we sometimes talk about keeping your tanks full mm. yeah and um we we've grown in this it it doesn't just happen naturally no. it's a thing that has to be <laughs> yeah. worked out over time and there's a lot of discussion and compromise needed and especially then, when you're exhausted yeah. and years when we got it wrong as yes. well so where it did all fall yeah so we've learned so. we've learned from mistakes um and i've had to learn to speak up and say yeah i don't want your job exactly but at least you're stimulated and doing yeah. things you enjoy doing mm. whereas i was in a season of really being trapped at home we had to lock the double lock the doors because so joshua couldn't escape mm. so there were years when i felt i was sort of in prison because i was yeah. trapped at home Could, yeah. you know with the symbolism of the double locked doors mm. um and found it really hard to go out with joshua because you know it just wasn't easy so mm. we had to have some honest conversations um about this isn't really working for me mm. um and so let's find a better balance between us um but in those years and even now when it's uh, a bit hard when joshua's home during the holidays and it means we can't do much and it, i'm glad because in this last year of lockdown we've learned <laughs> a lot of how to be at home and not do much but keeping yeah. your tanks full and just keeping intellectually stimulated Mm. Um, and just finding other things that can um, can keep you going and keep you interested. And um, so it's yeah. not just sort of a drudgery mm. of cleaning up after him again or the, the things that are really challenging and can be a bit tiring and exhausting, really, but to have something else going on in yeah, your so, life and mind. So when we say keep mm. your tanks full, it's that shorthand that we use because um, unlike a car, which has like a petrol tank, and, you know, it just takes one kind of fuel. Mm. We're, we're quite complex as human beings. So we we have different tanks that need to be filled. So the physical, you know, you just need to look after yourself 
get enough yeah. rest, be healthy. But you also have the emotional tank and the, maybe the spiritual tank and the intellectual tank and the, the social tank. And, you know, there's different areas of our lives. And, and sometimes we do really well in one of those areas, but we neglect the others. Mm -hmm. So we've tried to make sure that we are looking after ourselves physically, that we're coping with the emotional wear and tear of, you know, sometimes disappointment or um, regular challenge, mm. um, yeah. looking after the spiritual side of our life and but the intellectual stimulation as well, you know, making sure that we don't end up living a, a rather dull life because of the additional demands that we have in our, in our family. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, you're making sure that you're, you're being stimulated and um, that, you know, we've, we've got that fully rounded life. Mm. That's re really good. Yeah, completely. And I think, yeah, for me, um, I, I obviously, well, not obviously to the people listening, but um, I used to head up the additional needs ministry at New Wine. So I know Paul and Becky quite well and their family from doing that. And one of the things we used to do or that still happens at New Wine and in the summer festivals is we have something called Our Place, which supports parents and carers of um, supports children sorry with additional needs but there's also our place parents which supports parents and carers and out of that um, as Growing Hope um, we've you know from learning from that experience and from connecting with lots of parents and thinking about really how additional needs can impact us as parents and carers we developed a course called When Dreams Change and that's a course that we run as as Growing Hope. People can train to facilitate it, but it talks about lots of the things that you guys have just talked about, Paul mm. and Becky, about actually being able to, to think about how can we be the people that we've been created to be. And also going back to some of the stuff you were talking about earlier about asking for help. And um, interestingly, lots of people have said, um, who've been parents and have come on our podcast, have said, ask for help sooner. That's been their top mm. tip. Um, so you're, yeah. you're on a par <laughs> with lots of other people. Um, but yeah within the course we do a lot of thinking about you know who is my support network or how how can I take that kind of one step towards maybe asking someone for help or mm. making a connection with someone that would enable me to get closer to doing that mm. yeah and I think a lot of people um, probably would not think of turning to the church for help I know mm. that if you you know, perhaps if you're already in the church and then you have a child with additional needs, even then you can find yourself isolated or marginalized mm. or pushed to the fringes um, because perhaps the church doesn't know how to cope. Mm. Um, but one of the things New Wine does, um, you know, under Naomi's great stewardship that she's now passed on to Jess Thompson, um, if people are interested, they can go to new-wine.org and you'll see uh, a link there to the accessible part accessible church network but one of the things we do is we we help churches become more accessible to everybody mm. uh, by providing that sort of training and encouragement and that means that you know a lot of churches are shifting from a position where if you were to turn up with perhaps a, a child or an adult who presents additional needs um, churches are shifting from ah oh, we don't really know how to deal with you to the position where yeah we've given some thought that actually some people need this extra support and we've you know we genuinely will be enriched if you join us um, yeah mm. and so probably for people who would never think of you know we would never think of taking joshua to a posh restaurant <laughs> yeah. there are lots of people who would never think of taking a child to a to a 
church because of what they think the church might be like. But that's shifting all the time. Mm. And that's kind of part of our that's part of our mission on the accessible part of, of New Wine is to to make sure churches are brilliant places for support for families, whatever stage of faith they're at. Um, but for families that present those additional challenges and just need that space. Mm. Yeah, totally. So good. Yes, I miss it. <laughs> Such a privilege to have been able to be <laughs> involved in it. And I and yeah, I mean, you know, over the years I've had so many stories of where churches have really started to grasp that vision. And actually, you know, like you were saying with um Joshua coming into your church and, and helping people feel at home, so many stories of that kind of thing where you know, they're welcomed at the door by someone who has additional needs and and suddenly that helps people feel a bit more seen, a bit more welcome and a bit more um, accepted for, for who they are and for who, you know, being themselves as they walk into the church building. Mm. And I think we've seen mm. that change uh, growing. Uh, you know, over the last few years, we've seen uh, a real sort of shift uh, in the church where you know, more and more churches uh, are looking at how they can make what they do more accessible and more inclusive and to involve people uh, with disabilities in, in all that they're doing in church. And it's it's great to see that. You know, we need more. We need that to continue to, to grow and develop. But, you know, the work that New Wine has been doing has, uh, you know, been a key part of that change and to uh, to continue that work is so important so it's great to great to hear about it and great to hear about how people can connect to find out more and to to do more in that space but um paul and becky i have got a a a challenge for i'm going to give you a magic wand uh, and as you wave your magic wand, uh, you, you'll have to decide which of you is holding it. Uh, but uh, as you as you wave your magic wand, uh, you know what would you wish as one change in society as a whole, maybe in the realm of, of accessibility in its broadest, uh, or maybe just in the the area that you've been talking about of that juggling of, of leadership and and caring for family members with a disability. But if you could if you could change one thing in in society uh what would that be well i think um <laughs> if, if you're giving me a magic wand mm-hmm. then i would say in related to this it would be for people to just uh be able to get people when they meet them so what i mean yeah. by that is more when you meet joshua you know he has uh needs but mm-hmm. our daughter rachel when you meet her it's not so obvious mm-hmm. and so sometimes because she doesn't react the way people expect her to or she might pull a face or do something uh, people take her the wrong way they -hmm. don't get where she's coming Mm -hmm. from they don't give her the benefit of the doubt as often as i'd like them to and so i'd love for people just to see that her heart and Mm -hmm. what a sweet kind person she is rather than just judge her by her the way she might respond in a moment by what she says or how she looks um so that that would be it uh, for me that and for, and I'd like to be able to do that when I meet people to get mm. where they're coming from yeah and yeah. Um, to not just judge by appearances so that we can make those allowances for each other and see oh well she she doesn't mean to be awkward <laughs> she's just being herself <laughs> and actually she's she's trying to figure out what's happening in the moment and um, make sense of it all but her brain works differently so I need to allow for that except mm. that sort of thing that's what I would say that's yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? I think acceptance works both, works both ways as well mm. for us to accept who we are and for us to accept 
what shape our family has. And um, although there are things that we want to change, um, to, to be able to enjoy it as it is mm. and not say, you know, enjoyment is put off someday until this, you know, this particular thing changes. Mm. It's like, no, where we are, where we are, and this is what it's like at the moment. So let's enjoy it for now. And, uh, you know, I think if if we can accept ourselves and if we can accept others, that um, that creates space really for people just to find the fun yeah. uh, and, and the blessing that there is in the moment as things are. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Uh, well, Paul and Becky, it's been so brilliant to have you guys with us for this podcast. It always goes so fast chatting to people, but it's amazing yeah. to to hear about, you know, all all of the amazing pieces of wisdom that you've shared. And, uh, you know, those things of being able to ask for help, being able to um you know, choose to do the things that we've we've been created to do, to think about how we fill up our tanks and enjoy being in the moment, but also to be able to really accept people for for who they are and who they've been created to be. And um yeah, I guess to be able to look at people around us with with that picture of of welcome and of people being able to be themselves Mm. so thank you so much and thank you for everyone who's listened to today's podcast and we look forward to joining you for more of our growing hope conversations thank you for joining growing hope conversations find out more at growinghope.org.uk